0: warning this episode contains adult language and adult humor since when have trumpet players ever been considered adults if you are easily offended by these types of conversations consider switching to the oboe welcome to the trumpet gurus hang podcast i'm your host jose johnson my guest for this episode is willie murillo willie is a man of many talents besides being a top flight session player Willie is also an arranger, songwriter, producer, and vocalist. Willie is also an entrepreneur whose passion for education led him to co-develop the Practice App, a web-based way to practice with the pros. Willie is passionate, driven, and perhaps the best-dressed trumpet player in L.A. So, pour yourself a big glass, pull up a chair, and let the hang begin! Welcome to this week's episode of the Trumpet Gurus Hang. My guest this time around is Mr. Willie Murillo. Mr. Willie, what's happening, babe? <laughs> California uh, we're still on lockdown. West Side love. Oh man, how, how are you making out, man? Uh, I mean, you got we got obviously the COVID situation uh, going on now. Uh, as we're doing this session, we've got uh, the wildfires. Man, you know how are you managing?
1: You know, um, this has been a great time to I gotta be honest, man. If if you know, it's it's not easy every day to look at the positive and I'm a fairly positive guy. Anybody that knows me knows that I have a real bent of joy in that way. But I will say that it's been there has been some difficulty in, in staying positive through this whole thing. But I will say that, that, that through, the positive that has come out of this is that it's, you know, it's like everybody else. You are able to slow down. I've cleaned out all my hard drives and <laughs> gotten a lot of practicing done and, <clears throat> and all that stuff. I mean, you know, I do a lot of recording from home anyway, so that didn't change too much. Um, I'm a creator of a new app, uh, co-creator, I should say, of a new app called the Practice App. And so, you know, it's a new business. And, and, and so anytime you're running a new business, it's madness and all kinds of crazy. So, you know, in terms of like my franticness and busyness and all that really hasn't changed. I, I'm getting up every day and slamming away. And I've got four kids. <clears throat> One of them is just starting uh, preschool. Um, so, you know, and my oldest is in high school. She's a sophomore. Um, and so, you know, I've got four kids in school you know, at home. And so, you know, I mean, it's, it's a handful. It's, and it's, uh, luckily for me, my world hasn't changed too much. I mean, obviously playing live gigs, right. You know, is a different thing. I haven't had a chance to play with somebody live. Oh, I want to say since February, the last time I played with somebody in a room was February or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I hear um, you. you know, I've been doing records and TV, you know, there's not a lot of TV, but I've done some TV uh, and you know, it's all me doing three trumpets or four trumpets here in the room, and so. But you know what, man? It, nobody here has cancer. Everybody's uh, happy and healthy. We live in a beautiful community. My kids are flourishing, and I think that's all you can hope for in moments like yeah. these.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I I hear you a hundred percent. And uh, it, it, actually, the the whole idea of being able to find joy amidst the chaos. I mean, that is a skill that, uh, I think that if you don't have it now,
1: uh, hopefully by the end of it, <laughs> you're going to get it because yeah. uh,
0: that's the only way we're going to get through this thing. Yeah.
1: You don't really have a choice. You have to learn how to manage and not just get through. <clears throat> and there really is some good in the slowing down process and the peace and, and the quiet. And, mm-hmm. and I've been able to spend a lot more quiet time with myself and, uh, you know, uh, talking to God, you know, talking to my kids, talking to my wife, spending time with the trumpet, writing, you know, uh, there's a lot of good that's come out of this. Yeah, right. I mean, I I have like my personal
0: motto is uh, it is what it is. It becomes what you make of it. So, yeah, this is uh, this is a a crazy situation. But, uh, you know, you're going to see that a lot of people are going to come out of this way ahead of where they would have been because they were, they took advantage of the time to, like you said, slow down and, you know, clean the hard drives and. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah. So well, I uh, wanted to say, thank you for doing this. This is really cool. <clears throat> and I've watched a bunch of your other episodes. I haven't gotten to them all yet, but I've watched a bunch of them and it's so nice to, you know, it's, Obviously, we're not, you know, household names in terms of like being a Brad Pitt or something like that. So it's so nice when you can enter into a field like ours and go, who are these people that play on these records and movies and are sort of the under layer of what we have in our society? And and it's really fun. Uh, Tom Walsh, obviously, Jerry. Known him and idolized him forever and ever. Tom is a phenomenal Frank Green. I've been texting with Frank Green here and there, and he's just a funny cat. And um, so, yeah, just it's lovely how you. And of course, with social media, it's beautiful, man. You, I think that there are people who I feel closer with right now that I think I've never met. Yeah, and you know, we're texting back and forth on social media. Hey, how's this and what's that and um, it's very easy to feel isolated in this business anyway, which is something I want to talk about. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> but, yeah. um, but yeah, it's really easy to feel isolated. Um, but you know, with social media, I mean, there's some great things. There's certainly some negative things that can come out of social media, but, uh, especially now that I have a, you know, 15 year old daughter, you start to realize the Ooh, landscape yeah. of what those things mm-hmm. are like, yeah. man, you know, it's, there really is a, a, a beauty in community that comes uh, with this, so anyway, I just wanted to say thank you for doing. Oh, this. Yeah, it's my pleasure.
0: Like, uh, like we were saying, talking to each other earlier before we started rolling. You know, I do this for me. This is completely selfish. <laughs> so, um, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like for me, like one of uh, not that I'm not enjoying talking to you or to anybody else, but uh, like you just mentioned, Jerry Hay has been my idol for years. I mean, uh, since the '80s, and of course, uh, all of ours. Uh, I had I had always dreamed of uh, getting a chance to meet him and talk to him and and uh, to sit down and interview him, was just really uh, a pleasure for me. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and this is this is what it's all about, because like you said, you know, you guys are out there. You're in the trenches. You're the ones that are doing the stuff that, that we're all benefiting from. And it's it really changes your perspective on things when you can put a face. And not only a face, but a personality, a person to the music that you're hearing. So um yeah, that's that's what I want to get out of this. So uh, so you just mentioned earlier, said that you that uh, yeah, you wanted to talk about the concept of isolation in the music business. I mean, uh what's your take on that? Um, you
1: know, I think everybody has their own set of their their own experience, clearly. Uh for me, I've had an interesting career. Um You know, I feel like I've had uh, some challenges in my career, like we all have. Nobody really talks about them. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of, you're okay, I'm okay, we're all beautiful cats, we're all trying to do the best we can do, we're all trying to be good guys, but that's not necessarily true. You know, not everybody's a good guy, Mm -hmm. and um, I always, when I talk about this stuff, I have a lot of people ask me when I do uh, clinics and things at universities, and What's the music business like? What's the politics like? Et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> and I go back to this one experience that I had with Dan Fornero. And he told me something that I just have treasured ever since. Um, and Dan and I have been friends for a long time and have worked together and colleagues. And we're not particularly close friends. You know, I've never been to his house for dinner, <clears throat> although we've had many dinners together. Right, You know, at gigs and whatever, you know. But I, I, he just told me something that I will never forget. It's super invaluable. I was struggling with a, a situation, a, po- a political situation. We were at an airport headed <clears throat> to a gig, I think, with John Tesh. Um, we had somebody missing, and I hired Dan to play second trumpet. And uh, he came in and, of course, banged it up. And, you know, it's always fun when you get to talk to people socially and you get to feel what they're about right. and, and just make connections. And, and he said, hey, listen – I know you're dealing with X, this thing that's happened. And, uh, he said, I just want to remind you of something. He said, just because you got an opportunity doesn't mean you took it from somebody. So I, you know, have imparted that those types of wisdoms to the pieces of wisdom to my kids when uh, my kids are all high achieving and, and they're lovely kids and, and, you know, um, everybody's made their fair share of mistakes mm-hmm. everybody wishes that they could go back and do things differently um and i mean everybody you know and we tend to idolize guys like wayne who is a beautiful guy i've loved you know he's he's i love wayne he's mm-hmm. he's been a beautiful mentor of mine since i was 16 year old, 16 years old right um but you know you ask wayne and he goes sure of course. Of course, you know, I had a, uh, I was a musical director for Arturo Sandoval for a couple of years when he first moved here. And <clears throat> one day I was having a really intense conversation with him just about history and some beautiful things. And he confided in me. He's like, look, I, I've made so many mistakes in this business. And he said, I, and I won't tell you what it is, but he said, you know, I am no longer welcome to do this in our world. I'm not welcome in this circle <clears throat> or that, that, you know, and right. you know, Arturo can be a beautiful guy. We've all made mistakes. Right. <clears throat> and so it's an interesting business in that your competition is also your referrals. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not often that I remember uh, going to at this house that I used to have going to uh, this tile place this carpet and tile place and i asked if they had a certain type of you know flooring right nope and i said do you know anybody else that does nope (laughs) yeah you know they're not going to refer you to anybody Mm -hmm. you go to a tire shop they're not going to refer you who you don't have the size who has it nope i don't know they're not gonna you know but but you know some of our best friends are the people that sit next to us they get jobs when we don't we get the job we take their jobs uh or somebody chooses us over them and you know, I remember um, very early on calling Wayne and somebody had called me for something that Wayne had referred me to. <clears throat> and so, you know, you've got that kind of dynamic and right. there's all these things where, and and it it's obviously not because I'm better than Wayne. You just don't ever know why somebody, you know, that yeah. you might be more comfortable to them, you know, maybe mm-hmm. because I was 20 years old and mm-hmm. they could, you know, beat me up a little bit or, or maybe it wasn't such high stakes with a 40 year old Wayne Bergeron or something, you know, whatever it is. Um, Or it's just easier dealing with a lower echelon guy sometimes, you know, it just depends on all these things. And so that becomes a series of isolated incidents. Even when you're on the bandstand, it's a real interesting thing. I, you know, I live in uh, where, where do you live? I live in Pennsylvania. Okay. So I live in L.A. and I grew up in a city called Whittier. Uh, Whittier is right kind of on the border of L.A. and Orange County. Most people that are in our business live, you know, I would say in L.A., right? Right. Silver Lake, Hollywood, Santa Monica, somewhere in there. So when I grew up, you know, I would do these rehearsal bands and all the things that people tell you to do. And, you know, it's by the time you – beat LA traffic from Whittier to LA. You're leaving at seven A. M. for a ten A. M. rehearsal and mm-hmm. you're not getting home until four. <clears throat> and so a lot of times I wouldn't do those rehearsal bands and you've got to make these really tough decisions what to do. I had a family early on when I was like twenty four. I got married early, had kids early. And so you're making these really tough decisions and all of a sudden you're you know, you're out of the house and I had a really long period of time there where I would, you know, be playing at the Pantages and doing uh, you know, some show, maybe it was Wicked or The Color Purple or, you know, whatever, some kind of show. And then all day long, you'd be doing like a double and it was very exciting. You know, the kids were young and I, oh, I'm at Capitol at 10 a.m. and it's very really exciting. But then I, I kind of woke up one day and I'm like, you know, I love all these people. There's nothing wrong with person X or person X or that. I just don't feel connected mm-hmm. to them. <clears throat> it's not like being in a you know and i don't belong to any support groups but you know it's not like being like in a support group or a, a church group or a neighborhood watch group or hanging right. out on the front porch you know with your neighbors barbecuing it's a different kind of thing and you develop these relationships over the years and you go man there's a weird fat there's a weird uh, uh what, do, what do they call it water cooler talk yeah, yeah, yeah. feel to uh-huh. what, ha- you know, and you hang around and you go to lunch for an hour mm-hmm. and if you do that 3 or 4 times a week, I go, "Man, I've seen, you know, Wayne or Dan Frenello or Rick Baptist or whomever, person mm-hmm. X, I've seen them more time than I've seen my quote best friend or my family mm-hmm. <clears throat> or right. my whatever." And mm-hmm. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying that there's a an interesting isolation that happens, and I think it's different for everybody, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> like I remember working at the Hollywood Bowl a bunch, you know, some years back, and going to Wayne's house in between, you know, and, or, or, you know, meeting people for dinner, and you just go, oh, this is cool, this is, but it's different when you live an hour and plus away, and, you know, um, and then, uh, you know, you see the history of people that are a little bit older than you, Malcolm McNabb, all the greats, John Lewis, and all these people, and the way they come up, and the dynamic between them and their mentors. And and it's just a really interesting thing to navigate through. Um, you just, I think it's something you have to be aware of and, and navigate through. And it can be very isolating. You can go through, you know, I, I remember times when I've been you know, doing doubles at, you know, Warner Brothers or Capitol or something. And then you go to a session at night. And then even if you go, hey, after we get done with this Broadway show, we're going to go to get a drink or we're going to go celebrate this person's birthday. It's community. It's beautiful, right? Anytime right. you could be with people. Mm-hmm. But it's still, for me, I still felt isolated. Mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of the youngest guy, maybe Rob Shear uh, is another guy who's somewhat my age. I think Rob's maybe two years younger than me, something. But really, I was the only guy in my age group, right. kind of coming up. I'm 45, so for many years, you know, I, I was 25, 26, 28, and Wayne and those guys were 41, 43. They were just in the height of, you know, and and it's it's a really interesting thing because you go, gosh, these are my work friends, but yet I have this whole other side to me, mm-hmm. and I'm spending 90% of my time with these people and and they're beautiful people. I love them all. You know, it's just an interesting thing. Anyway, I'm just sort of rambling, but it's just an interesting dynamic.
0: Well, you know, that's one of those things that I think is rarely talked about. And for anybody who's interested in pursuing music professionally, especially music in the city like LA, so LA, New York, Nashville, places like that, where you're doing a whole lot of contract work hmm. You know, I think you got to understand the, the the landscape, you got to understand the nature of the game, because, you know, a lot of people just think, oh, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to make a million dollars. Well, if you're a
1: trumpet, if you're a trumpet player, uh, <laughs> you can. I got news for you. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, it's the know thyself thing, right? Like there's yeah. I think uh, I like to talk about real things as I you know, the older I get the more real I like to become, you know, uh, about the personal things. You know, I've had an incredible career. I started very, very early. A story that I like to tell, I think I was like 22 or something, and Wayne got me on some date, and it was me, and John Lewis was playing first, and then somebody else, I don't remember, maybe Larry Hall. And it was this thing for Danny Elfman, and, you know, here I am getting called up into the big leagues very, very early. And because of that, you know, you get excited, you get lucky, you have a long career, but you also make a lot more mistakes than maybe other right. guys would. <clears throat> and uh, I remember this experience. It was like a cue that was I don't know, eight seconds, and it was like Timpani, and then ba-da-ba-ba-ba. and I was it was the loudest high C I had ever heard anybody play. It was John Lewis, who you know is famous for being this incredible classical, delicate, right. beautiful player. Mm-hmm. And it was this moment where I went, I don't know anything. Whoa. And my whole eyes just went boom. And I was like, okay, got it. I got it. Like, I know, <clears throat> I understand what this is. and how good these guys have to be. And I was like, I am not ready for this, but you know, by the grace of God and friendship and luck. And <clears throat> you know, I stayed in the game and people allowed me to keep coming back. And then I would play a solo or play lead on something or you know, maybe I had slightly better classical chops than maybe some of the commercial guys around me or something. And, you know, you get these things. And so, you know, I've had good career things, but I like to talk more about the personal side because I've made so many mistakes and I'm, I've been on a big journey. You know, I got a divorce about 10 years ago. I come from a Christian family, literally was never even allowed to say the word divorce. I never thought it would happen to me. Right. And so I've had this incredible awakening about my childhood and who you are and why you make the decisions you do. Mm -hmm. And so that's been something really interesting. Um, Then I met James Morrison about 10 years ago, and he sort of took me under his wing. And James Morrison, if for anybody that's watching this that doesn't know James, obviously you know his personality or his persona about being an incredible trumpet player, multi-instrumentalist, bass, piano, trombone, saxophone, clarinet, everything. He's unbelievable. (sighs) But... Um, two things hit me right when I met James. One, he was comfortable in his own skin. Mm-hmm. And I would have to say that many of my colleagues are not. <clears throat> I watch guys who are 65, 67, 70 years old, who are still acting like 20 year olds trying to be accepted. And I go, okay, I can have grace on that. I don't have judgment but I know that I don't want to be that way. I know that I want to be real and that's who James is. He's just an incredible human being. He has his belief system in order and you don't have to take it or leave it. He's not judgmental, but he knows who he is. Yeah, And <clears throat> that's something I always wanted and I never mm-hmm. really had until I met that. Then the other thing um, that uh, I, I sort of discovered um, really early on, I remember, like I was 27 or 28 or I don't even remember how old I was, but I did, I remember I did three days of doubles on some movie and I can't remember what movie I want to say, maybe cars or planes or cars Two, or one of those right. Pixar yeah. <clears throat> things. And I remember walking in or walking out after my first day going, anybody would be thrilled to be here, but this is not, this is not it, it, it for me. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I've always been a writer. And I've always been a singer and I've always been a producer. And so I've kind of really dug into that hard starting really early, 20, 25, 26, 27 years old. I dug in hard to that kind of thing. And I've been writing and now I, you know, produce, you know, music for TV and film and have done a lot of writing and producing of records for major artists and just television and film and different things like that. And so I think that's where I tend to find the most joy and I feel the least isolated is when I have my hand on the pulse of like a project, mm-hmm. and then I get to choose the people that I'm around that work for me. In those scenarios, um, and as you know, you don't always get to choose the people. You know, there's always somebody with a a, a pistol at your back. You know, <clears throat> no matter what people want to pretend or believe, mm-hmm. and you know, for the most part, people are on their best behavior. But you get moments. And right. so when I get to produce, I get to choose those things and create the vibe that I want to create. I get to put the goodness out there in the world and say, in my production, as for me and this project, we're going to be like this. We're going to spread joy and be grat- you know, filled with gratitude and so on and so forth. And so, and, and so that's kind of more my speed. You know, I, I learned that right away. Yeah.
0: OK, so let me ask you this question then. Uh, you know, you talk about James being uh, comfortable with his own skin. Um, who is Willie? You know, who, who is that guy? <laughs>
1: well, um, I, I had a really interesting upbringing, and I'm still discovering, you know, who I am. And I, I think we all are. I think I, t- I tend to right. talk about it more open and vulnerably, maybe to a fault. But that's okay. That's the journey I'm on. I'm really trying to figure out who I am and why I do the things I do and what makes me tick. Um, I love music. I also grew up with a very, very high standard in my family. Uh, My parents had really high standards and I think that's great. I was very low achieving in school up until about ninth or 10th grade, then very high achieving after that. And so I went through some really interesting paradoxical dynamics in my world where I was very I was young for my grade I was 13 when I went into high school and so you know I there was a lot of insecurity um and so I think I didn't realize how good of a player I was I don't think I realized that people liked me and I wanted to like I I got you know I was voted like whatever I don't even remember most well liked or something and I you know, in high school, and I didn't have any clue that that's who I was. And so I think I had my head so far in the trumpet and just skill, 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 do, 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 do. <clears throat> you know, I grew up in church, in a church life. I'm, I'm an avid Christian, um, you know, I, I love Jesus and I'm not afraid to, to say that in this day and age. And it's my belief system. <clears throat> um, you know, kindness is number one for me with people. And I think sometimes that doesn't totally work when you're willing when you're in a when you work in a very liberal group of people that are very about either you're with us or against us uh there is that feel in our music industry i think it's becoming less so because there's so many diverse opinions and people and and also for me i think um i've gained some respect over the years people have seen me change and develop and and then I give work. So maybe there's a natural, you know, thing when you're hiring people for TV or film and they tend to soften or, you know, whatever that is. <clears throat> so I'm a guy who I love to make music. I love to sit one-on-one and hear people's stories. I want to know what you went through, how it made you feel, what made you, th- that's who I am. <clears throat> and I think that we're so afraid in this business to let people really know who you are to let people, um, let me digress for just for a quick second. One of the things that drives me absolutely bananas, and this is a thing I learned from James, is when people don't play at their classes. right? So I've seen masterclasses of some brilliant people and they hardly ever play. Or they just show you a mouthpiece thing or uh, they hold the tone, and they, well, we gotta have a, and you go, I've heard you on like a thousand movies or a thousand this, this, and you're not gonna play for me in these two hours? Like, what is that about? And I think what happens is that people are so afraid to be vulnerable and to let themselves know, to let people know who they are and that they're human, because all we know, like we're going to vilify them or something. Mm -hmm. Of course we're not. You're human. We get that. You know, I will tell you right now, and I'm sure it comes to no shock. I have heard Wayne miss many notes on recording sessions, but I can also say in the same breath, I truly think hand to Jesus, There's one guy in the history of the trumpet who could have played lead trumpet on the Incredibles two. And that's Wayne Bergeron. There's nobody better that's ever walked the earth. And I'm not talking, there's nobody that couldn't have played higher or nobody somewhat as strong or a bigger sound or a better improviser or a better class. I'm saying knowing what I know about this business and sitting there with a hundred people and over and over and over, you have to come in and not mid, I mean, there's nobody. That could do that, like Wayne Bird. There's nobody, not one person in this town other than Wayne that could do that. Yeah, I could play lead on one of those tracks. Rob Shear, uh, D- Dan Frenero. <clears throat> There's you know ten guys or with something that could play lead and do a great job and maybe sound just like Wayne for maybe one or two. But to do the whole thing three days in a row, four days without really missing, and over and over and all my chops, this and that. No, I mean there's one guy that's ever walked the planet earth that could do that in the LA. And if you think I'm lying, then you haven't necessarily been in that environment where you go, Oh, this is a different thing. You're in a room that you can hear a cricket move. Yeah. You know, and then you have to do that thing. So it really, so we tend to get very protective of our personalities. Right. And so people are not very vulnerable. They don't want to play other than when they, you know, you don't, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, and so it's not a very vulnerable group of people that we're dealing with because you're dealing with perfectionists. Yeah. And I understand that. And when I met James, he was just incredible. He would say things and play things and he would miss notes. But I mean, when it counts, it's like he's just there. So that's something that I'm learning. So you asked me about four minutes ago, who's me? That's me. That's me. <laughs> that's I'm you. learning I'm yeah. learning how to how to be vulnerable. And I know I have great skill as a writer, as a trumpet player, but so does so do a lot of people. You know, I know that I have experience, maybe more than some, which might make my skill level more than some Mm -hmm. but that's what that is you know if you got me on the tennis court with this guy he might be better than me or if you got me on the racquetball court with that guy i might be better than him so Mm -hmm. i'm just trying to be the best guy that i can be and keep learning and you know obviously i'm a practice i'm an avid practicer Mm -hmm. i love love practicing and you know i'm I'm about it and, and i love making music that's one thing that you can't really say about anywhere else in the world i mean it's You know, obviously London's got a great scene and New York's got a great scene and there's a lot of great players all over the world. But to have so many unbelievably skilled world-class players in one concentrated area, you can go on. I uh, I remember one time Andy Martin said to me, he said, you know, if you think about it, LA LA is a very fair system. Like you're never really going to go on some movie call and there's somebody there that shouldn't be there yeah that's very true you know that might happen once in a great while but they're not going to last it's you're not going to see them on a second or third or fourth call for sure and so to walk in every day and see that person or this flute player and you go my gosh that this person has the greatest oboe sound i've ever heard in like on the planet yeah and they're they're right there and you have a lunch with them you get that's really it's a it's so cool and i think i didn't really drink that up as much as i wish i had when i was younger because mm-hmm. i was so busy just trying to get better and trying to <clears throat> be worthy of the life that i had been given right i was trying to catch up mm-hmm. you know and yeah so anyway well yeah i mean
0: it, it's it's really an important thing to keep in mind uh that like you said practice is so important you know, as know as a, as a musician you have to practice if you want to get better you want to continue to improve your skill but i think sometimes uh, a lot of people lose track that uh, our development as a person is practice and right just, oh yeah yeah just like Absolutely. With, with playing you know if you always play what you can play you will never get any better right you, ha- you you have to be willing to make mistakes in the practice room you have to be willing to make mistakes on the stage you know if you're going to push things that's why one of the reasons i love players like you know freddie hubbard and woody shaw and you know that oh yeah they were on the cutting edge of of everything i mean they were always pushing themselves and you listen to those recordings and it's like ooh that was bad i mean in terms of like you know that isn't what they wanted to play you you heard the cracks you heard them just crash and burn and as
1: a trumpet player you feel what they're feeling in that moment you go oh i know what you're thinking right now Yeah. yeah but it's just
0: okay that just happened but That's behind me. And it's, you know, it's full steam ahead. And I think as people, uh, we're often afraid, and especially when you're in a high profile position, when you're when you're in that kind of competitive space, you don't want to make those kind of mistakes, whether it be musically, obviously, but also personally, you don't want to you don't want to take those chances
1: because you're afraid it's going to bite you in the butt. Yeah, and I'll say, you know, I want to add something. I started to say about two minutes ago that I had two things happen to me somewhat in the same time period Um, when I met James was one of them. And he's been a huge influence on me just about being comfortable in his own skin and being unapologetic. And he's always got great intentions and everybody can, you know, you don't have to have a zero-sum game. Everybody can win in this scenario. He's beautiful that that way. The other thing that happened to me is Um, At the very height of, I mean, not high, I don't know, height, but a super duper high point in my career was right about, I want to say about roughly 10 years ago. And um, I don't know if you know, I'm sure you do, Yuan Racy. Right. Right. So those of you that are watching that don't know who Yuan Racy is, if you know who Malcolm McNabb is, if you know who John Lewis is, he was sort of the John Lewis or Malcolm McNabb before those guys. He was sort of the number one studio call, beautiful player. And like a James Morrison, uh, Yuan Racy had this unbelievable mental game. <clears throat> um, just unbelievable. Uh, just, you know, he was one of those guys that could, and he would just exude love and kindness. So I studied him from him for a while. And uh, anyway, he passed away. <clears throat> and right at this big height, I, I uh, Wayne's band played, the memorial and uh, I was asked to write an arrangement for Wayne's band and for Wayne um, and to conduct it uh, of this song Uh, it's it's called I Married an Angel and it's kind of an old it's not like a well-known standard but it's you know it's American song it's a standard Mm -hmm. Uh, Chet Baker sung it Louis Armstrong sung it so I wrote this thing Wayne played it and I was so excited and I remember I came to the memorial and i was kind of nervous and you know it's a room full of 500 trumpet players and right. you know and you're conducting the greatest trumpet player and you know and so i can I remember i came to this situation and i was like and then after that was over i sat there and i gotta tell you most of what people said about 95 percent of what people said had nothing to do with this playing And I remember that was right when I was going through my divorce. And I remember feeling like I have to make different decisions in life. You you can't do the same and get different. You have to do different to get different. And I had fallen into this trap of being competitive and thinking things that probably only I thought and nobody else cared about or thought about. And, Meanwhile, I go, man. What is reflected on the outside is certainly not reflective of what's on the inside. I'm a lover of people. I'm a vulnerable guy. I care about things, people. Why am I not seen that way? And and, you know, it's because you're a climber, and there's always a target on your back. And I had a lot of people, you know, like I said, Dan Fornero, Rick Baptist was very kind to me, coming up. And I remember he said, man, you better be careful. You know, Rick Baptist said, you know, you you're a fast climber, and you're a great player, and a great writer, and a producer, and you got all this work he's like, you're going to have big targets on your back. Be careful how you maneuver. <clears throat> you know, yeah. and so I remember right at that time thinking, what do I want people to say about me on my deathbed? You know, if there's, if I get lucky enough to have a memorial where a city or a community of musicians, you know, or, or some kind of community honors me in some way, what are they going to say about me are they going to talk about this thing i produced for the super bowl or this commercial that i did or the hundreds of this record or date or like nobody really cares about that it's great to be a great player and it's great to be a part of something that's an historic happening if you think about it what we do is a very an historic thing it's very recent right if you know in terms of history <clears throat> um you know obviously audio recording and the way that we do it. it hasn't been around that long. It's not like it's been around for 500 years. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's not been around that long in movies and the production, the way we do, you know. So <clears throat> I thought, this is a, a fleeting thing. I, don't, I wanna be known for what's really in my head and in my heart, and that's not transferring. I need to make some changes so that what I think and what I feel is really transferring. And the love that I have for people and music and camaraderie. And so I made a lot of changes in my life and I quit some things and quit bands and, you know, and so that's who I am. And I'm a guy who wants to, I'm a lover of people. I want to encourage people. I'm a huge advocate of education. Mm -hmm. Um, I do lots of clinics. My wife's a singer. And so we do guest artist things together. We'll go to Australia or, you know, France or Germany or Japan or, you know, whatever. And we'll do like a, uh, you know, week-long residency and that kind of thing. I remember when I first met my current wife, she said, you know, I feel like God put me on this earth to save 16 year old girls from getting pregnant. And I was like, what? And she's like, we can do this thing together. <clears throat> and we have, man, we get tons of messages, Facebook, Instagram, and people that, you know, Oh, I'm so glad you impacted my life. I think can't remember if I missed a high A or a high G on the concert or whatever but they remember the time that we took to sit with them and my wife put their arm around them or i took a kid and said let me talk to your parents about you wanting to do your dream instead of being a doctor like they want you to do and I, by the way i've had easily 30 conversations with parents like that and have flipped the narrative for them about doing what you love and why it's important and and so that's what we're about we're about education i'm about education um i love music i'm an entrepreneur i love the trumpet i record all the time. I get to do all kinds of stuff. I'm a father of four. I get to do that, which is a brilliant thing. So, you know, I'm grateful, man, for the things that I've been able to do. Um, And I'm very aware of the mistakes that I've made. And um, I don't think that I've made any more mistakes than anybody else necessarily. I think I've been granted more opportunities because I've been blessed. Therefore, maybe the percentage is higher and I also think that I've been willing to talk about it, yeah. which nobody does. Yeah, and and there
0: is probably one of the biggest mistakes is uh, anybody can make, which is is not uh, just being honest about about the processes. Um, I'm a big proponent of uh, a concept. Uh, Simon Sinek is the guy who wrote the book and kind of made it famous. Uh, oh I yeah, I know. I know what you're. You know, saying. yeah. Oh, about yeah? the why. You know, and and that's to me that's been very pivotal because I've gone through. Uh, these kind of shifts in what I've done professionally. I, you know, I played music professionally. I was a martial artist professionally, uh, instructor. Uh, yeah, and, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I did that for 30 years. Uh, now I've shifted again. And I think the biggest thing that I learned in that process, and as I'm now approaching, my six, I'll be 60 next year, um, is that it's not about what I do. It's why I'm doing it. Because all of those things on the surface may seem to be different. It's like, well, being a musician has nothing to do with being a martial artist. Well, actually, yeah, it has a lot. There's a lot of the same stuff that goes on. And being a, 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 a mindfulness coach and consultant and business consultant and things like that, all of these things are related. Uh, when you get down to the why, and the why is for me, my why is I'm driven to learn. I'm driven to share, to teach, and I'm driven to enjoy life. And everything that I do, if I'm learning, if I'm then able to share and have joy, then it doesn't matter what I'm doing. You know, cuz it's 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 about my core. So I think sometimes that you know we we get too caught up in the I'm a trumpet player, I'm a musician, I'm I'm this, I'm that. Of and it's very it.
1: shallow. It's, it's uh, in not not in the contemporary sense of the word shallow where we think, <clears throat> but I mean, literally, it's, it's uh, it doesn't have a lot of depth to it when you get down to it. There's so much more that people are. Um, well, let me, uh, I'm going to uh, veer just a slightly to the right.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
1: is something called the practice app. I, am a co-creator of, I started to talk about it <clears throat> and um, that was birthed out of, you know, a few different things, but the short version is that it's an app. It's not a little thing we've got, you know, significant. We've got about a million dollars put into it. It's a very big, you know, project that we're doing. It's online lessons. James is one of our teachers. <clears throat> um, we've got great teachers from all over the world and, um, we also have like yoga instructors and, um, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, uh, we've got <clears throat> jujitsu and, you know, all kinds of, you know, different stuff. Anyway, so the practice app, um, and as I mentioned, James Morrison is on there and, uh, it's not only online lessons, but it's other things that you want to hear from people, their methodologies, their psyche and their inner game and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so James in one of his episodes, he talks about the why, about Simon's thing, you know, basically. And, and he says, which I think is just brilliantly put, and this kind of changed my life when I watched him video this thing. And he said, <clears throat> you know, I always look at like masters as like the lowest level of the top rung. And the people that concentrate on their why, you can feel that in them. Like, it doesn't necessarily matter what they're doing or how they're doing it. That's just superfluous. But when you feel somebody's why all the time about who they are, and it just speaks so loudly when they're taking out the trash, when they're talking to their children, when they're moving the car, when they're washing the car, when they're doing the highest productivity of their, um, you know, you know, particular job. And you can just feel that Y oozing out of their pores. That's something that changed my life is why do you do what you do? Because you only have X there's finite amount of breaths that you have in your lungs until you don't have any more, you know, until, you know, until that day comes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it gets down,
0: it gets down to your character because I mean, to me, character is uh, it's, it's the way that you act, the way that you, you behave, uh, where you don't think anybody's looking, so right. yeah, the integrity trying, factor. Yeah. And, and so I, I think that for, it, because I have made a study of successful people, of, of of masters in whatever craft that they're doing, and that has been the secret uh, to all of them. And and there, it is not a secret. It's that you have to have passion for what you're doing first of all, because it's not going to be an easy process. It's it's simple the path to mastery is very simple. You just you keep you keep on it, you you surround yourself with people who can uh, guide you and give you instruction, mentoring, whatever. But you got to do the work and you have to be consistent about it. And the passion is what gets you through those periods where the rest of people, the rest of the world just wants to quit. But uh, you know, that the, the strong drive and the commitment. And to some people say it's the spiritual nature of it because whether you want to think about a spirituality, uh, you know, with God or Allah or Buddha or the universe or whatever, there's something greater than all of us and whatever you want to call it is what you call it.
1: Yeah. But, and when you tap into that and you have that walk along your why, or you have that actually lead your why, like for me, obviously it's Christianity. Right. <clears throat> but I know like for, for uh, um, uh, Yuan, it was kind of the same thing for him. Like you can feel that, and I remember feeling that with like James and Yuan, and as I got to study with him, <clears throat> and you know, um, just some great—you just feel that, like who they are. You cannot separate it from them, and I think all too often, as there are in any career path whether it's lawyers or doctors or teachers or garbage men or whatever you're in there's people that are that are fake they don't have that in them they just want to do it they're they're climbing at please just let me be in the in crowd please just let me be in you know and maybe they have some level of skill that would allow them to be in that crowd but um you just feel that and i think the world has a way, like, like, I think Gordon Goodwin, who is a good friend of mine is, is a great example of that. He's a guy who knows what he believes. We've had some heated discussions about, uh, um, about religion, about politics um, on, you know, airplanes and trains and things. And, but he is a true lover of people and he's a true inspirer. And he is all about his mission in music, create, 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 and create beauty. And he does it and it, it rejuvenates him. It's a thing, you know, he's, you could just tell his belief system. And I totally respect that. I love him to pieces. Um, I left the fat band about a year ago. Um, no, Nothing weird. I just, it was just kind of time to move. I had been there 13 years and, um, and we still remain good friends. You know, we text every, I don't know, once a month or something, you know, just, Hey, I saw this or, hey, great job yeah. on that or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. <clears throat> and, um, you know, we've still worked together and on and on and on. But, um, you know, it's a small town and he's yeah. one of the big, big writers and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, anyway, enough of that. Yeah. Uh, you know,
0: well, actually, let, let's let's get back just for a second for the, the practice app. So, please, um, yeah, because I remember seeing some stuff about uh, James on that and then, uh, you know, saw that, that you had other people on that. Um, so. What kind of was the driving force between, uh, behind you creating this app? And, and where, where do you see this going? What, what, is your, what is your
1: ultimate why for this? Yeah. So um, I've always been a, a big fan of education. And um, a few years ago, there's a, a, a organization here in Southern California called SCSBOA, Southern California School Band and Orchestra Association. And it's sort of like the Midwest band conference or you know that kind of thing right right <clears throat> big thing in southern California so they asked me to do a a big presentation and they gave me um, a bunch of time and you know they said hey we've never done this but so we want you to do like two sessions back to back and so I said great and so with brainstorming I thought you know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put a bunch of topics in a hat and I'm just gonna have band directors pull topics out and we're just gonna talk about them right <clears throat> and we're going to use it as a source of just conversation. So one of the topics was your rhythm section needs to either rob a liquor store together or go camping together.
0: <laughs> and, just the, you
1: know, <clears throat> and so then we would go, let's talk about it. Rhythm section. Let's talk about why the symbiosis needs to happen. And then one of you, know, they pull out a topic and they say, trumpet mutes. Oh, okay. And we go, how many of you band directors have issues with, you know, your kids don't know how to use mutes, but you know, So I did this huge education conference and I remember after it I got so many compliments people were like oh my god I wish I had like you know 10 episodes of a podcast to watch on each one of those things with you hosting it and it was really cool and really informative from a professional but you're also an educator <clears throat> blah, blah 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 so that kind of started dripping into my head like maybe I should do something more with this because there are as you know million situations where you get like you know some young you know 23 year old wide-eyed dewy-eyed you know there's some amazing program in Michigan or something uh you know and the the band director's 70 and he's had this award-winning band for 70 years or something and here comes you know little Katie Wallflower from Muskegon or something and she's never but now she has this new job and she doesn't know anything about playing the congas, and she has to prepare, you know, how do they learn about these things? So I thought, man, wouldn't this be cool if there was a source? So that started dripping into my brain, and then a friend of mine called me, uh, a really good friend who I hadn't talked to in like two years, and he ran a multi-million-dollar company. And he goes, hey, I got this idea. (laughs) And he goes, what if we do like a webinar thing, maybe with you and Arturo and Wayne and some of these other guys? And I go, yeah, I think there'd be like 11 people that would like that you know in the world yeah. but we started developing it and then it turned into this thing called practice and so you know like i said we've got tons of money into it we've got great investors and friends and people that believe in it <clears throat> and it really is a spectacular thing it's very representative of what i'm about it's very inspiring and it's light and it's friendly And it's not like large bodybuilders going come on you know it's not like a beach yeah. body kind of you know it's <laughs> it's very yeah, like user friendly yeah um, that kind of thing. And so, the hope is that we just keep expanding it. <clears throat> We've got more investors coming and more lessons coming and more artists coming and, and people. And so, we're pumped about it, man. And it's it's not just like we have uh, Olympic athletes. One of our Olympic athletes is a guy named Casey Patterson. Mm-hmm. This guy is like the sweetheart of sweethearts. He's totally phenomenal teacher but he's i didn't even know who he was but he's like a michael phelps he's like the greatest of all time kind of volleyball player i didn't i didn't know and until i started researching i'm like oh this guy's a legend he's a huge deal you know Mm -hmm. olympic you know whatever you know so anyway so that's our goal is to just keep doing more of it and to inspiring students and just any people of, of any age that say hey listen i want something new i want something to walk me through something to look forward to after my 14-hour shifts as a a nurse and I want to learn how to paint or I want to learn the harp or the clarinet or, you know, yoga or whatever. And so we're excited to present this thing. It's a really beautiful thing. The platform is phenomenal. We've got the most amazing teachers in the world. Uh, For people that are out there that know masterclass, it's like that, but different, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, just... Check the link in the show notes, and that will take you right to the practice app, and you can uh, see what what Willie and the crew have got cooked up. Uh, (laughs) Beautiful man. And and, you know, that's to me. This is so important because uh, you know I've been over the past few years. I've developing uh, online content. Obviously, I'm doing this podcast as well, uh, utilizing technology basically to reach people that need. Sources, you know, um, and as I, I've, I've said many times on this podcast, the backstory of this is that uh, I've learned so much uh, as a musician. Obviously, and also as a martial artist is the same thing. I learned so much during the hangs, and and I, you know, I really just feel like, and especially with COVID times, this is a perfect example. Uh, because none of us can can get out there and and go to like an ITG or something like that and just you know be in a conference for for a week and just hang and talk, um, so even when things were open, you know, like you're saying, there's Katie Wallflower from Muskegon who has never had a chance to to fly to L. A. or to. Fly to New York and to uh, to get into the in crowd, as it were, uh, to talk to to talk to the movers and shakers. Uh, so this is an opportunity for people to get mentored uh, by people who are who are really performing at the high. Absolutely, possible.
1: and I, I gotta say again, man. It, you know, when I saw your email, I was like, absolutely. <clears throat> um, I want to be a part of this. Anybody, especially during this COVID time, that's saying. Hey, uh, I want to reinvent myself, or I want to further myself, or I want to better myself, <clears throat> and I'm gonna do it by adding, you know, a podcast or <clears throat> working on a video series or whatever practice series or whatever you're doing. I, man, you're an inspiration to us all, Jose, because just getting off your duff <clears throat> and saying let's just keep pushing on the ocean, because that's really what we're doing, yeah. you know. And who knows where we're going or what we're doing, but it's all for. You know the glory of hopefully something better and our enjoyment along the way, and so the fact that you're doing this is a beautiful thing, and I really am, am grateful to you. Well, thanks, and I, I appreciate what you're doing with the practice app because, uh, man,
0: that's that's good stuff. Practices practices uh, practice my middle name, so <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. So what what what's your What's your approach to practice? So if, if, you know, someone's coming up to you, a young trumpet player and saying, hey, look, Willie, and I really love playing and I really want to improve, uh, what are the things that
1: I should really be doing that that are going to give me the best results? Well, I think it's interesting. You know, um, everybody is different in their own way, Uh, obviously physically and emotionally and mentally, their capacity, emotionally, their capacity, uh, um, mentally, right? <clears throat> Some people can sit there and go, e or eat or eat or eat and just concentrate on the most finite things. So, <clears throat> one, I say you have to kind of know who you are. Um, two, you have to realize that there is no shortcut. You have to do the work. You have to do the work. So, <clears throat> my basic methodology is same things every day, differently. You know that if you're a Navy SEAL, you know that you have to get cardio. How you get it, <clears throat> you know, can be 10 different ways. Right. You know that you need arms, strength, legs, you know, blah, blah, blah. So for us, you know, let's say as a tremble player, we know that we need, um, let's say, flexibility, right? We want to work on our sound, you know, or something like that. So every day you're going to be doing some kind of lip slurs. But it's interesting. There's this one guy <clears throat> who I play who I played with coming up at Disneyland, this guy would do the same mouthpiece buzzing routine the exact same time every day. And I thought, gosh, I could never do that because my chops don't feel the same like every day Mm -hmm. I have to, it takes me longer to get back to ground zero. Some days, sometimes I just pick it up and oh my gosh, it feels great. Most of the time, not, but you know, so for example, if you're, you know, this guy would do the same lip slurs every day and who's a very consistent player. Okay. I have to know that he's a different guy mentally, physically, emotionally than me. Right. And in fairness, he's probably not having to do the same types of, you know, acrobatics that I'm having to do in the world that I live in. So let's just say I'm going to be doing like some slurs or something one day. Well, obviously I'll be doing, you know, right. Let's just say I'm doing that one day. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going, something real basic right Mm -hmm. well then the next day i might decide that i'm going to do open fourths open fifths and since i've had children i've learned that you have to double up on everything you do because efficiency is the name of the game right right so instead of you know instead of that kind of stuff the next day i might do the next day and the next day i might do wider, i might do open fists or something like that you know mm-hmm. i might take you know some kind of uh um you know th- if i'm doing like let's say thirds or something like this let's just say i'm doing something like that okay i might do it the exact same way the next day but i might do it in harmonic minor and i might do it Slur tongue, two tongue. You know, or something like that, right? So it's the same stuff every day, Mm -hmm. but different, right? So um, instead of playing, um, you know, like we all have done a million times, you know, like a Clark number one in the upper register going, or what, you know, whatever, something like that you know, I might take something and I might go and I might play like, uh, try to keep it on my face as long as I can for endurance and for compression. And I might do like diminished scale, like half a diminished scale. Mm -hmm. Or something like that. Right. So it's the same stuff every day, but different. Um, To me, if uh, I always tell students, if something happened and somebody said, hey, listen, buddy, you're going to jail for 20 years, you can take your trumpet and you can play 20 minutes a day, but you can only play one thing. You know, you can play jazz, you can play tonguing, you can practice your classical music, your jazz music. Hands down, the one thing that I know for sure I would do would be lyrical playing because it has everything in it. It's Mm -hmm. got muscle, it's got beauty, tone, and all this kind of thing. So... So that kind of thing has been a real uh, big benefit to me. I love playing beautiful things. So I might play, um, I have a million tunes that I've played by ear and I'll play them with Nova. This is a Gary Grant thing. He taught me how to do this. Oh, well, I studied with Gary for a minute. And he said, <clears throat> and this is when he was producing Malcolm, when Malcolm did the Tchaikovsky and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said, you need to practice with zero vibrato, zero flowering. So it's all just the purest of whatever. So I started doing this thing about 10 years ago when I was studying with Gary where I would play little folk tunes or whatever. So instead of just playing Charlie in number two <clears throat> or something like that, I would play um, like, let's say I would play, uh, you know, like Brahms lullaby and I would do it in high keys with no vibrato, right? So I'd be like, so on and so you know i would do things like that right and i would make sure and i would play until every note was perfectly in tune with the tuner and you know that kind of thing so you know it's always like the navy seal way right the hard way or the yoga way the hard way is the good way right right so um you know i think we always have this sense of urgency as human beings that whatever we're doing in in a given moment that there's something more important so and, and there's subsets of that too. So if I'm practicing the trumpet, I'm always thinking, oh, man, I should be out there spending time with my kids. <clears throat> Quincy's done with school. I should be throwing a football with him or I should be, we should be on a bike. Right? So we always have this sense of urgency that whatever doing in a given moment, there's something more important. But we also have that in a subset. So whatever I'm practicing, I should be practicing something else. You know, And so I always, so that's one thing that I always tell, you know, my students and my friends, you know, whoever I'm practicing, like everything you're doing is the most important thing because it's what you're doing. It's what you've chosen, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm practicing and it's just something that I sound like absolute hell on, you know, (laughs) whatever it is, I'll just beat it to the ground no matter what. So consistency, but I think the first thing is knowing yourself. Like, what are you about? I'm not like my friend, Kurt Curtis, uh, who's a phenomenal trumpet player in Disneyland band who he's the, you know, he's, this, and I admire that. He can do the same routine every day and he's super consistent. His sound is gorgeous. I just go, I do, I like to do different things. Um, maybe my skill set is different than his slightly. And so I need different, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I like to play, you know, different things in different keys. I like to, I do tons of ear stuff. So I'll play all of those things, you know, pick a tune and I'll just go, okay, great. And I'll play it in all 12 keys at 50 BPM on the metronome with a tuner and it'll take me an hour and 10 minutes to do Brahms lullaby with, you know, a minute of rest in between or something, you know? Right. And somebody might go, Oh yeah, I don't know. You know, um, like one of my favorite ones to do is uh, the second movement of the, the heightened. That's such a beautiful melody. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I started doing that in different keys, you know, just picking random key. I'm just kind of slopping through it, but you know, that's like, you just find any melody. And so you're, you know, you're getting your ear training done. You're getting your lyrical playing done. You're getting control. You're getting sound, all these different things. So I do it. I tend to do a lot of that. And then of course I practice my improvisations a lot. Like Mm -hmm. i love to practice improvising and just making sure that, you know, that the different styles of what I like to play. I'm a, i am a like a stylist guy. I'm not the greatest lead player in the whole wide world. I can play lead and I can, play a double C if I have to. Um, And I'm not the greatest classical player in the world. I can, um, I, you know, am a sub on, you know, different orchestras and things like that. And I, of course, it's what I do. But um, my biggest thing is I I really enjoyed Warren Looning, and Warren was kind of that guy. You know, he's a great, he could kind of play anything and be super convincing at it. And that's, I sort of have modeled my career after that. And I love improvise. So I do a lot of things. I'll just play, you know, Uh, a certain thing. I'll work on a mode or whatever in different keys. Um, I like to imitate styles, you know, so I'll I'll really try to play like, you know, Chet Baker or something, you know. (laughs) you know and you kind of try to figure out what he's doing right and then you might hear like uh, uh you know like let's say harry Sweet edison you know and how he plays you know and just the vibrato that those guys use so right. i i'm all about all those and i do that with classical styles and stuff too and mm-hmm. so that's a big part of what i like to do is just making sure that when i go to play it sounds like I want it to
0: sound, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I really, I really like that. That's uh, some exceptionally uh, interesting and helpful tips right there. I mean, so uh, folks, if you haven't been practicing this way, try it, see how it works for you. And uh, yeah, I, I just love that idea of being consistent, but, uh, but switching up the, the approach just slightly that that's, that's
1: really great. Yeah. I mean, you know, that if you're a, you know, a, a such and such athlete, you're going to need to do arms every you know, three days a week, but you don't, know, maybe don't do it the same way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I,
0: yeah. It's, it's attacking things from a slightly different angle. Uh, and, and yeah, if, if, uh, and this is one of the things I, I used to tell my martial arts students a lot is that your, your practice regimen needs to be dictated by your why, like, why are you doing this? What's your ultimate goal? Because if, if your goal is to be, uh, an athlete, then you need to practice this way. If your goal is to, to uh, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, Go into a room of 500 people and kill them all with a pencil. Then you need to practice a different way, and you know. And if your and if your goal is to just be in better shape uh, mentally and physically and, and emotionally, then your practice needs to be completely different. So there'll be some consistent threads in there. You know, you need to do your strength, you need to do your flexibility, you need to do all those sort of things. But the way you focus on it is going to be dictated by the end result. So I think for someone like you who is a yeah, Because you, you never know from day to day what you're going to be called on to do. So, you know, if all you can do is just do that one thing, you, you may be the greatest person in the world at that thing, but that's going to limit your ability to work in that very uh, that, that environment that you're in, which is just, uh, you, you, you have to be flexible. So I, I think for, for people who want to be a more well-rounded, and who shouldn't be, uh, player, especially in the commercial world, this is a phenomenal way of doing it. So. Yeah. And I
1: always say, we say to the students and at master classes and stuff, my favorite statement is lead with desire. So what do you like to do? <clears throat> and somebody goes, I don't really like Louis Armstrong. Okay. Then don't study Louis Armstrong. You know, or, I don't really like Dizzy Gillespie. Okay. But do you like Roy Elders? Sure. Then at some point, once you study enough Roy Elders, you will like Dizzy Gillespie because they're, you know, predecessors. And right. so, you know, and you'll just, you know, you'll find your way. And then if you don't, then you may not have as much money or opportunity or whatever because you'll realize, Oh man, I should be more well-rounded and you start reaching out further, you know, and that's just up to you. I don't have judgment on that, but I also don't like it when people say, you know, I'm, I'm not really about this or I'm not, I don't really love that. Okay. Then you're probably not going to be able to do movies or you're probably not going to be on this band if you can't play, you know, perfectly in tune or if you have don't have a great sense of time or whatever, you may not be a guy who plays in the fat. You might be the greatest. There's a lot of great jazz players out there who don't get asked to play in the fat band because maybe their sound isn't complete or, man, the the, uh, hydraulics that you have to have to play third trumpet or even second or fourth on the fat band, there's a lot there, man. There's those, I mean, I would get done, uh, you know, even if I've only played one lead, chart or something like that and be just playing third trumpet in a couple of solos man you get there's a lot there and and if you're not prepared to do that then you don't re- really reserve the right to complain yeah if you're not willing to put in the work but you know i think a lot of people you know there's been a lot of conversation about uh you know potentially some race things or or uh, favoritism things. And I think Gordon has defended himself really well in those conversations, but really it's never about any of those things about being a woman or black, white, Brown, whatever. I mean, <clears throat> there's lots of, you know, I'm Brown. We've got a, you know, a few of us in that band. And, yeah. and if I'm sorry, if you're not, you know, show me that you can play perfectly in tune like Andy Martin and then I'm sure there's a place for you in that band. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's always about that. And, and then we have to realize that, that uh, the better you are, the more opportunities you get, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just yeah. as simple as that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's having a
0: clear idea of what you want, commit to it, and then just do the work. I mean, you can't you can't say that you want to be uh, a professional trumpet player uh, playing in L.A. and then approach it like you're you know you're a, a part time trumpet player living in you know Iowa City. Uh, you, right. You exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 100%.
0: That's awesome, man. You know what? I could just talk to you for hours and hours and hours on end, but we're going to uh, come to the last portion of our interview today, which is our Speed round. So, my speed studies round. If you've ever done nagel speed studies, here's where we do our little rapid fire. Uh, so, we're going to have a, a, a number of questions. I want your quickest response to this. And if you get them all right, you win a new car. Let's do it, baby. All right. Here we go. Who's the biggest influence on your life that is not a trumpet player?
1: Uh, my wife. Okay. What's your favorite book? Tipping Point, Malcolm Gladwell. Mm,
0: Man, that's a great book. Uh, What's the worst movie
1: you've ever seen? A movie that I played on that just came on Netflix (laughs) called, oh my gosh, uh, 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 it's with Larry the Cable Guy. And he's in the army. And Wayne and I played on that movie years and years and years ago. Um, and it's they fall asleep in a car and they go into Mexico and they think they're in Iraq. I'm going to have to watch that just for the soundtrack. It's terrible, but we have tons of bugle
0: calls. It's very funny. Oh, great. Great. Yeah, it's I, terrible. I, I, terrible. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. If uh, you weren't a trumpet player, what would you want to be?
1: <clears throat> uh, oh boy. That would be tough. Full-time father. Seriously. Okay. Uh starring
0: in Mr. Mom 2. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> uh, what's your favorite drink?
1: Pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks. I know you're talking about alcoholic drink. Oh,
0: but any drink, man. Any drink will do. Mojito. Oh, strawberry mojito. mojito strawberry mojito okay yeah no, I, I know it's a
1: food <laughs> for drink but hey. i'm not like a huge drinker yeah my wife is like a, an avid like wine lover she's all mm-hmm. into all the stuff and she's like come on get it together and we've gone over friends houses for drinks and i'm like oh this is a big boy drink i can't
0: handle this you know well come on man i mean you know we were talking about frank green earlier frank is the king of kona so right. you know, <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you're talking to frank it's going to be coffee involved right all right um you're going to be hosting a dinner party and you're able to invite any three living people. Who would they be?
1: <clears throat> boy, uh, Paul McCartney, mm-hmm. Winton Marcellus. Okay, and uh, boy, I want to say somebody like Bill Clinton would be so interesting to pick that guy's brain and all, but like some kind of like famous politician, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of guy like that would be so interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to, you're going to have a second dinner party and you're going to invite any three people from history. Ooh.
1: Okay. Uh, I'd have to say Jesus, of course, Mm -hmm. that would be incredible to sit with, that person, Winston, Winston Churchill, probably, and uh, probably
0: Louis Armstrong. Okay, and he's uh, looking over your shoulders right now. He is,
1: yeah. I, I, And by the way, I love that. That that is uh that's, that's great. A, that poster is eight foot tall, man. It's a beautiful. I have it, and I have uh, ones of the the Beatles, and I have one of of Elvis and, and Sinatra uh, right over here.
0: Man, that's that's awesome uh okay uh lacquer plated or raw
1: plated gold always uh, uh, not uh not platinum no we always joke around i i we know he's to say uh this is my flagrant display of wealth i'm <laughs> <laughs> just you know just like joking around <clears throat> but i play so bright naturally that i always feel like anything that can reel it in mm-hmm. is always gonna be you know good for me yeah all right what's your favorite quote At every phase of life, it's important that we are students, teachers, and mentors. Yeah. Perfect quote for you. (laughs) Uh, What's your greatest fear? My greatest fear is that I will not be seen as somebody who has made a substantive uh, contribution in life.
0: Hmm. Okay. All right. You're going to be granted any one superpower what would you want it to be? Mind reading. Oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's a dangerous one. Yeah, that's a dangerous that's one. That's a dangerous, dangerous one. Yeah, I wow. Okay. Uh, you the might seventh eat- grade boy in me wants to say X-ray vision. You know? Yeah, well, that too. Or in, or invisibility. I mean, I think every every seventh grade boy wanted that power too.
1: Right, invisibility. I know. Yep. Yeah.
0: Uh, what aspect of trumpet playing do you think is the most overrated? High notes. Okay. And what aspect do you think is the most underrated? Beauty. Lyrical. Right. Uh, you can go back in time to give yourself one piece of advice about music what would it be
1: don't see it as a competitive thing entity see it as an individual sport to be discovering the beauty of
0: All right. what advice would you give yourself about life <clears throat>
1: Boy, hindsight, right? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I would have to say, um, you know, there's a famous verse in the Bible that basically says, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's a life concept too, that says, be still and know that I am God. And that's a great quote, whether you believe in God or not. <clears throat> that's like, just relax. Everything's going to be okay. We forget that what we do has very little effect on what is. So we spend a lot of time kicking and fighting in life, and then it kind of still ends up the same way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. I I hear you. Be still and trust is what I would say to my younger self.
0: Mm. Okay. All right. And uh, what do you want your legacy to be?
1: Uh, I want my legacy. To be <clears throat> that first and foremost, that I was a man of integrity who loved, genuinely loved people. That was a complete gangster badass at music. Ah, that would be uh,
0: that would be a wonderful thing to to accomplish, and you are well on your way. Well, on your way, and, and I, I do have to say one thing. You, you, I, I am a little bit disappointed in our interview today, and I, I'm going to tell you why. Because you know, I want to be completely honest with you. Uh, for those of you who are just listening to the audio version of your podcast, you're not going to appreciate this as much. But um, Willie is not wearing a bow tie, and I, I'm exceptionally, <laughs> I'm exceptionally disappointed. <laughs> in the fact that that you're not pimped
1: out because oh uh, man, listen, I have to, on that note, I have to give you a great story. At one point, about a year ago, I was taking a, I was, I clean out all my suits like once a year. And I have all these, you know, anybody that knows me knows how I dress. And I took like a coat from this suit and pants from this suit and a vest from that. And I had a huge pile and I took it into the dry cleaners and the guy looks at me and goes, so do you like work for the circus or something? (laughs) And I looked at him and I kind of had this like introspective moment. And I go, kind of, (laughs) kind of, yeah. (laughs) I I tell that story all the time. And my wife took a picture of me one time, just right here, like right here uh, from the bust, you know, like this section. She said, only my husband could do this. And I was wearing a polka dot shirt with a plaid coat and a uh, striped bow tie and a, a, some, a, something else on my handkerchief. Yeah. And she's like, but it works. You know, it works. He makes it work. You know? So I know I have wild. Crap. I've gotten so much crap from Wayne and those guys over the years. It's just about the way I dress and I know. Hey, you know, I and I wore I
0: wore this vest just in your honor. I listen. I love it. I was going to
1: mention that right at the beginning.
0: Hey, well, you know, (laughs) yeah. yeah. In in uh, in the words of uh, one of my mentors, uh, Fernando, it is much better to look good than to feel good, and you look (laughs) (laughs) marvelous. I love that. Beautiful. all right. So Willie, man, thank you so much. And, uh, as I said before, you know, if you are interested in finding out more about, uh, the practice app, the link is going to be in the show notes and, uh, please make sure that you keep in touch with, uh, with what Willie's got going on because he's got some tremendous things in the works and, and follow his work. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, he's going to be on all kinds of movies and soundtracks and things like that. Uh, and make sure, you know, check them out on Facebook and all the other social media platforms. And,
1: and, and also see. worth mentioning is that I have a record coming out Oh, uh, with, uh, with the Count Basie Orchestra. It's me singing with the band. Whoa. Yeah. Hey, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's, who's on the lead book on that one? You know what? It was Mike Williams' it's last Mike. Oh. gig. Yeah, with the band. Oh man! <clears throat> yeah, and I love Mike, but uh, I was telling Frank, "Oh my gosh, I, you know that would have been something." Because I love Frank, and you know we're friends, yeah. and and then yeah. then he was playing with them. But yeah, I'm really excited about that record. It's it's my uh, it's my newest thing coming out. And okay. Some of it's with uh, you know LA band. Some of it's with the Basie band, and. Mm-hmm inspired by Sinatra and Basie live at the Sands. So I'm very excited to share it with the world. Uh,
0: Awesome. I'm looking forward to hearing that one myself. It will go into my uh, rotation, I'm sure. So uh, thanks again, buddy. I really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to talking with you more uh, face-to-face. When I get out to LA, I'm going to definitely look you up and I'll make sure that I I bring bring 10 of my best outfits with me. So...
1: (laughs) please my friend and and uh, god bless you for doing this and thank you for spreading the gospel of our career and what we do and the, the joys and difficulties of it. And it's beautiful that you're doing this. So thank you.
0: All right. Well, thanks
1: for being so
0: raw and honest and open with us today. So, all right. So everybody, thank you for checking us out this episode. Remember we've got plenty more episodes in the can, so you can go back and listen to them all. Enjoy them. Make sure you share them with your friends. So if you know somebody who loves trumpet, you want to make sure they check it out. If you know somebody who hates trumpet, they still need to check it out. So anyway, To wrap it up, as always, peace and slide grease. We're out. Hey, thank you so much for hanging with us today. This podcast is all about creating connection through our mutual love for the trumpet life. I hope that you learned a few things about today's guest and had some laughs along the way. Don't forget to give us a review. We love those five-star ratings. And please share this podcast with your friends. We want to see our hang grow for show. Have a suggestion for a future topic or a guest? me up at the gurus at gmail.com. Our opening theme was written and performed by Lexi Signor, and all other music comes courtesy of The Greatest Funeral Ever. So in the words of W.C. Handy, life is like a trumpet. If you don't put anything into it, you don't get anything out. So go out there and let your trumpet sound, and I'll see you at the next hang.